It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And I host the new Locked On Today, all of the sports stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports in under 20 minutes. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the Internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how a mailbag Friday edition of Locked on Packers. And let's start that mailbag edition with an announcement. We have some golf ball winners. We have some golf ball winners. This is going to be one of of many of these that we do, especially as we approach golf ball season. Kevin Cushing from Ossining, New York. Logan Hoyt. From Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Dawson Gussie from Saginaw, Michigan. Clay Hortz from Greenfield, Iowa. And Ethan Scott from Bloomington, Illinois. You will be getting some golf balls very soon. If you want some. If you want some Locked On Packers logo balls. I need a screen grab of you rating Locked On Packers. If you've already done Locked On Packers and you sent it to me. I probably responded via DM. Go check out Locked On today and subscribe, rate, review. I will be sending, in fact, Clay will be getting double golf balls because he did both. He did both. What a guy, Clay. And I said this on Twitter. Someone reached out. A young lady reached out. I'm old enough now that I have to say that. And she wanted to get some golf balls for her boyfriend. I agreed to do that. It was going to be a surprise. I lost that message. So if you are listening, if you can hear me, mystery woman, send me another DM and we will send some golf balls out. If you think you are in a relationship with someone who thinks you are that special And they don't listen to Locked On Packers with you. First of all, you know, maybe kindly suggest that they do that. But second of all, say, hey, you know, here's what happened. Here's the thing about this. And and who knows? Maybe you will be the lucky guy. And maybe you weren't before, but maybe you will be now. So I just, I feel really bad that I lost that message. Uh, She was so excited to surprise him. And I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. What, What do you want from me? I'm an idiot. I lost it. It was, I got a lot of messages. I lost it. I'm sorry. 
send me a message, Instagram, uh, Twitter, whatever, um, Locked on Packers fan hotline, whatever you want to do, get me that. All right, let's let's get to your questions. Uh, we had a lot of them, a lot of really good ones, and some I've been saving. We're going to play a voicemail to end the show that someone sent me in May. And I'm wait, I waited because, well, you'll find out and I'll explain why, why I waited, but it's, it's actually a really good question now. It was a great question then. It is almost a better question now. I want to start here though, because my guy, Tim from Milwaukee sends a lot of voicemails and some might say too much, too many. I wouldn't say that, but some people are saying that. Uh, no, Tim, I love it. I, it's great. He's, I get a voicemail from Tim after every game. And I, we did not get to as many voicemails this year. The shows are just so much. Uh, there's just so much going on, so much to get in. Um, and frankly, I've got a lot more to do. So we haven't done it as much. And so we haven't gotten our pal Tim on the show. I also think it's, it's uh, important is the wrong word, but I, I think it's useful. I am not someone who's going to come on this show, generally speaking, and when it's a loss, rant and rave. Now, in 2018, I did because I thought there were effort problems. I thought the issues were systemic, and I, and I thought that they were just lackadaisical and and uh, you know borderline disrespectful to your fans and and the people who follow you and care about you. And so I would get mad about about that kind of stuff. But I'm not going to come on and light a team on fire. But I think it's healthy. For you guys to feel like you can do that here, that you can send messages and that they're going to be received. So in that spirit, because Tim is such a loyal listener to Lockdown Packers, I'm going to allow him to speak for a lot of fans and vent some frustration. Here's Tim. Hey, Peter. Tim from Milwaukee. I don't want to hear anything about this team. I don't want to hear anything from these players other than apologies. This team ought to apologize to its fans for the way they showed up today. Absolutely no excuse for that in an NFC title game. Completely outcoached, completely outplayed in all phases of the game. Disappointing. You want to you want to sum up the Aaron Rodgers era in one word? Disappointing. I cannot believe that they came out and played the way they did today. From the get-go, we can talk about the flag on Kevin King at the end. We can talk about whatever. But they didn't even play a first half of football. They put themselves behind the eight ball from the beginning. Tampa Bay walked into Lambeau Field on, on a mission to go to a Super Bowl today. There was only one team on that field that wanted to go to the bowl, and it wasn't the Packers. They sure as hell didn't play like it. I'm over it. They should be apologizing to the fans. This is ridiculous. Tim is not the only fan who feels that way. There are a lot of people who are really pissed. And I was listening to the athletic football show yesterday and, and Robert Mays got a message from a Packer fan who was like, you know, what do you say to a, a Packer fan who's disillusioned with Matt LaFleur? And I was like, what, what now look, this is a lot like, you know, Aaron Rodgers when he was you know asked after the game, He's emotional, and I understand it. This is still painful. In 2000, what was it 2011 when the Packers lost to the Giants? I didn't watch the rest of the playoffs. Just didn't watch it. Couldn't watch it. I instead of watching the Super Bowl, 
um, I went to see The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which for those of you who have seen it, not a light movie, not a light movie. And I went with my mom, seriously. <laughs> um, and that um, I might not do that again either, uh, at least with that movie. Uh, I love my mom and and I, lo I love seeing movies with my mom, but um, that was a choice. <laughs> uh, but I understand that, that this is pain for a lot of people. And I think it's important that we acknowledge that, that it hurts and it sucks and, and that you're upset. So I, I don't want it to be that I'm always sunshine and rainbows guy because I think that is just unrealistic. And I, and I think in some ways there are a lot of people that are just, they don't like that. They, I'm, I'm mad, just let me be mad. And so I think it's important that we acknowledge that, that there are a lot of fans that are pissed. Now, look, I think that's fine. Matt LaFleur is a really good coach. What he's done to start his career is historic. I mean, one of the five best starts in coaching history in the NFL through two seasons. What he's done is truly historic. Even if he hasn't won the NFC Championship game in two tries. Hasn't gone to a Super Bowl in two tries. Guess what? Either did Mike McCarthy. But they did win a Super Bowl with McCarthy. Matt LaFleur has already been to as many NFC Championship games as Pete Carroll. Matt LaFleur has already been to as many NFC Championship games as Sean Payton has since Aaron Rodgers became the starting quarterback. So I think it's important that we acknowledge the frustration, the pain, the anxiety that you feel going into an offseason where Aaron Rodgers may not have many more runs at this. Absolutely. The acknowledgement of that is also being felt inside 1265. They know that they don't have very many years. Even if Rodgers plays out his contract, we're talking about two, three years. And very few teams have been able to sustain conference championship every season kind of success. Really only the Patriots have done it. We thought the Legion of Boom would last forever and lasted basically two and a half seasons, three seasons. Now Aaron Rodgers is still playing at an extremely high level. Is going to be the MVP of the league. Matt LaFleur, maybe his time will come that he'll be recognized for, for the, the coaching job that he did. But, you know, he did not have the, enough answers in the NFC Championship game. We have to be able to acknowledge that. Even if I think he's a really good coach, and I do, Jason Hershorn was on this show last week. We were talking about how both of us thought he was the coach of the year. But he didn't have the answers. It wasn't his fault they lost to the 49ers. That one falls squarely on Mike Patton. We still do not have an answer on Mike Patton. It it should be it should be noted that the Packers do have a new special teams coordinator. Uh, that is not something that I think a lot of people are going to be extremely excited about. It's it's easy to just see that. Oh yeah, okay. Well, the special team sucks. Yeah, the special team sucks. It really does. And you know they're they're hiring a coach from within. And that's going to seem weird to a lot of people. Maurice Drayton was on the staff uh, with Mike McCarthy. He was was kept when Matt Lafleur arrived, and apparently was the guy that that they wanted to go with to replace Sean Menenga. I have no idea if he's going to be any better. I know that he's a respected coach. I know that he has varied backgrounds, and I love that in especially a special teams coach. I think it's really important. 
Um, and I think he's going to be better for this team. We still don't know what the deal is with Mike Patton. This team faces questions that they didn't face last year. Last year, it was obvious they needed to make major upgrades on their roster. Or at least it seemed obvious. What they got instead was major upgrades via internal development. Now, Rick Wagner ended up being a very important depth piece. Christian Kirksey played much better at the end of the season. And, you know, ultimately, you know, they were able to get contributions from Chris Barnes and uh, Kamel Martin and John Runyon Jr. and some of the draft picks that they came in. But this this team got better because the coaching got a lot better because Rodgers made some tweaks in his mechanics. That's the kind of path that they can follow once again. It's just we thought this team needed a roster overhaul last year, at least needed to add one or two significant pieces. It didn't. And it doesn't this year either. It needs to tighten up some holes. Matt LaFleur needs to take another mini step forward. He took a leap last year. Year two was a leap for Matt LaFleur. It wasn't just, you know, oh, com more comfort in the offense. No, Matt LaFleur was better calling plays. He was more aggressive making in-game decisions. And, and that has real impacts on this team. They have a lot of questions that they need to answer. And, you know, I said this last year that this is the, the first real adversity that Matt LaFleur has faced. Now he's faced it. And he brought them back, and they're better than they were pre-NFC Championship game 2019. Now, how can you get them to that Super Bowl level? That's his next task. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at TurboTax. You are one of a kind, and so are your taxes. That's why TurboTax Live has experienced tax professionals who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and have questions about what qualifies as a deduction. Maybe you want an expert to walk you through the process since most of your income last year came from freelance jobs. Or maybe you'd like to hand your whole tax filing process off to an expert while you perfect your banana bread recipe. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert do the filing for you, TurboTax Live tax experts are here to help, giving you the confidence that you know that your one-of-a-kind, unique-to-you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar has become the go-to snack in my house, especially during these difficult times when we're home all day and you want that, that little bit of sweet. You want that little bit of sweet, but you don't necessarily want to reach for the ice cream. You don't want to buy candy bars in your grocery order. It was easier when we were going to the grocery store all the time to just grab that, that candy bar. Well, maybe you're not doing that and you still want that little sweet Built Bar is the goods. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar because all of their flavors, all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, double chocolate, salted caramel, which is delicious, peanut butter brownie, which is delicious, toffee almond, they're all so good, yet they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code locked on to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on. For 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, this is a um, a good way to start our off-season outlook here uh, because I have three questions that we're going to talk about right in a row. 
And I think there, there are three of the bigger questions facing this team. Let's start with this one. Hey, Peter. What's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? It's Cyrus from Greenville, South Carolina. It's good to I've been listening to you for a couple of years now, and I listen to you every single day. And um, you're just the best podcast ever. So I was wondering how you would feel about drafting a corner within the first two rounds of the draft this year. Or maybe even drafting a safety and converting it to corner. Because you know Kevin King, like you said today, has not been performing well at all. And Josh Jackson it does not have the trust of the Packers. So just wondering how you feel about that. Go Packers. Have a hot, happy holidays. And um, I love you, Peter. See you later. Defensive back is a priority. I don't expect Kevin King to be back. And I know that Devontae Adams had some really nice things to say about, about Kevin King on the Chris Collinsworth podcast earlier this year, especially after what we saw in the NFC Championship game. I just don't know how you decide he should be back. And, you know, maybe the fact that Josh Jackson was a healthy scratch and King is out there starting, you know, leads you to believe that it's just going to be too difficult to have someone come in. Uh, Green Bay is going to be in a difficult financial position. It's not going to be easy for them to bring a veteran corner in. At the same time, maybe you say, okay, look, um, Chandon Sullivan, you know, we like the work that you've done. You, you had more responsibilities this season as a slot defender, some inconsistencies, some growing pains, but we really like the talent. We really like your attitude. And so we're going to we're going to keep rolling with you and and draft another corner. And you just figure it out with those three. I think they they could be in the market for a nickel safety in the draft. Someone that allows you to play Savage, Amos and this other person, someone to take the Will Redmond spot, basically. Or maybe you move Shannon Sullivan back to that sort of, you know, hybrid dime safety role. They can play on the slot. They can play deep, a little, do a little bit of everything. And you draft an, another corner. Now, Green Bay is, is short a boundary corner. So maybe you need a boundary corner and a nickel safety. If they if they picked in the in the first three picks, if they picked a corner, an offensive tackle, and some sort of hybrid safety nickel defender, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. That's all I'm saying. Because those are some of the spots where at the very least you need a you need a boundary corner to start next year. And you clearly don't think it's Josh Jackson or he'd at least be active for some of this stuff. Really beyond that, there aren't that many starting spots that you don't have accounted for. We go into this offseason the same way we went into this last offseason with this Packers team. Especially once David Bakhtiari gets back and we don't know when that's going to be. I don't don't think we should hold our breath. He's going to be ready for week one. Although Brian Bulaga came back on a very similar timeline and was ready for week one. I think Green Bay is going to draft an offensive tackle. But they're not going to be a starter because Billy Turner is going to be on this team. Certainly not going to be a preferred starter as a rookie. I think corner, as we stand here right now, corner, boundary corner or nickel if you want to move Shannon Sullivan and let him play some on the boundary. I don't, you know, I don't have a huge problem with that, frankly. I think corner is that position. And to me, that is every mock should have Green Bay taking a corner with their first round pick. All right, here's another decision that Green Bay 
has to make. And I think this is an interesting way of phrasing it. Hey, Peter, this is Dan from Davenport, Iowa. Got a question for you. Aaron Jones just had one of his worst games of his entire career. Given that performance, spending going down next year likely due to cap uh, the cap hit, and uh, given general unwillingness to spend on the running back position by NFL teams, do you think the Packers just uh, might have gotten themselves a chance at bringing him back? Hope to hear from you. Take care. Bye. So here's the TLDR of this. No. One game is not going to scuttle Aaron Jones's market enough to put that into play. It's just not. So he wants Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook money. That's the that's the reporting. Um, that has that has been what I have heard as well. And so I just don't think Green Bay is going to pay it. Now maybe that game left such a sour taste in his mouth that he's like, look, I got to come back. We got to figure this out. He takes less money than he originally wanted and comes back to Green Bay. That is not a likely outcome for me. I There is a number that Green Bay is going to feel comfortable paying. It's just lower than what he wants. So he's going to have to make that decision. Green Bay is not going to, is not going to pay above what they think he is worth. And they just don't agree on what he's worth. I mean, that's sometimes it really is just that easy. It's not that Green Bay doesn't think he's a good player. It's not that Aaron Jones doesn't want to come back. It's just they don't agree on what his value is. And sometimes it is that easy. I think what what fans are realizing is this offensive line is really good. Uh, the, the running backs are mostly interchangeable in general, and especially in this offense. It doesn't really make that big a difference. Aaron Jones is better than Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon. But having Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon at a combined like $8 million next year is probably better value than having um, Aaron Jones and, and A.J. Dillon at a combined $15 million next year. If you can get 85% of the productivity for half the cost, you're going to take it. And, and that's Green Bay's position. I don't think he's hurt his value enough with one bad performance that he's suddenly pricing himself back into Green Bay. All right, and then this is this is really the the big other question looming over the Packers right now, and that is what they're going to do with Mike Patton. So who could be on their radar? This is a name I didn't mention the other day. Hey, Peter, this is Dustin calling from Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, I was just reaching out. I wanted to talk about the D coordinator um, I know we talked. You got you talked about it on Thursday uh, before Jamal Williams was on, but uh, there hasn't been a lot of conversation about Jerry Gray. I know we brought him in to be our defensive backs coordinator, our defensive backs coach, and uh, I don't see why he's not getting talked to be the defensive coordinator. I know he has experience there. The guy who worked under Zimmer. Um, so yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, love your show. Been listening to it for a while. Uh, keep up the good work. Thanks. So. Mike Smith has been another name internally that has been discussed, at least in the media. Um, If they're going to go the internal route, the guy who has the most experience is Jerry Gray, a very respected defensive backs coach before he came to Green Bay, was a former defensive coordinator in Buffalo for several years, was a defensive coordinator in Tennessee for several years. So he has some experience doing this. And by the way, he, he coached some really good defenses in Buffalo. He was a very respected coach in Minnesota with Mike Zimmer, comes from a varied background. You know, the Mike Zimmer defense and the Mike Pettin defense are not the same. 
And that was something that I think uh, Matt LaFleur really liked about Nathaniel Hackett, that he didn't come from that Shanahan outside zone play action scheme, that he, he brought this new set of ideas. You don't have to make everything different, but maybe a slightly new way, a, a slightly new approach could bring some positive change for the Packers because they have the talent. We know they have the talent. Ross Uglum did a great piece for Packer Report. He went back and and watched the tape, looked at the numbers, and came to a simple conclusion. The defense just hasn't been good enough. It's not the personnel. It's not the personnel. You know, the call at the end of the Tampa Bay game or at the end of the half of that Tampa game, yeah, it's pretty bad. You know, Mike Sando wrote a, a great piece about this as well. The Packers' defense in the playoffs in the Aaron Rodgers era is disastrous. Disastrous. And is way worse than the other superstar quarterbacks of the era. Way worse than Tom Brady. Way worse than Peyton Manning. And yet Aaron Rodgers has played great in a lot of these games. And they can't win it because this defense put them in disadvantageous situations. That happened yet again. Now the defense in the second half made some plays, but they were already in such a big hole, it almost didn't matter. So, look... Green Bay, I think, is going to make a change. Who replaces Mike Patton, I think, will tell us a lot about how close and how how much change Matt LaFleur thinks is necessary. If he thinks that it just is some slight tweaks, but that Mike Patton is just not the right guy to make those tweaks, Jerry Gray, Mike Smith, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't think there's anything inherently bad about the kind of system that Mike Patton runs. It's more about some of the situational play calling, some of the approaches, and some of the teaching that I just don't, I, I, I have not seen the results from, especially in these big moments. It seems like the good offensive coordinators really can do whatever they want and create the matchups that they want consistently. And you just can't have that. So maybe someone like Jerry Gray, at the same time, I am generally opposed to retreads. And he is he is a, not a, a retread in that he's a former head coach who flamed out, but he's been a defensive coordinator a couple times. Maybe you maybe you try someone like Mike Smith, or maybe you bring someone from the college ranks. Jim Leonard is, is obviously a name that has been mentioned a lot. Wade Phillips certainly qualifies as a retread. Are there other guys out there? James Betcher, by the way, I think Betcher is a great option. The internal options would signal to me Hey, Green Bay thinks they're close. They just need they just needed a different hand on the wheel. You know, it's not the car. The car's fine. It's the driver. And if you just if you just got a driver who used their turn signal a little bit more, who was a little bit more aggressive, trying to change lanes, who, you know, had had a better eye on what was going on in the rearview mirrors. You could really be you could really be making good time. I don't think a, a an internal hire should be viewed as some sort of white flag or, or anything like that. I think it would signal, hey, we think we're close. We think we're close on this, and we don't want to blow this all up. We want everyone to have a little continuity. We we like the main direction. We just think that the person behind the wheel is no longer uh, the best driver of this car. Before we finish up, let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. The Super Bowl is a little over a week away. 
so many props. The Super Bowl is the king of props. And you know who else is the king of props? Bet online. Bet online. They've got lines on everything. They're the one place that has you covered. The one place we trust. BetOnline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore because if you sign up today for a free account at BetOnline and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. That is, you put money in, they match it up to 50%. When you use the promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's killer bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's killer bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store all right this is the question that i was keeping in my back pocket i love it i won't spoil it here it is hey peter how's it going this is Kevin in Seattle. Uh, I had a question about sort of league-wide trends and this 2020 draft class. Um, a lot of ink has been spilled about how the rise of seven-on-seven seven and spread offense in high school and college, and now we've got uh, more depth at quarterback than ever before, and these guys are coming in younger, more ready to contribute. And I'm wondering if, you know, the same thing is happening at receiver. Um, we saw, I don't know, a dozen receivers and a few tight ends going in the top three rounds last year. Um, obviously, a lot's been said about this year's class. Reading college football people, they say next year's wide receiver class might be even better. And so question if this is less of a, you know, historic, never-to-be-seen-again sort of wide receiver draft class or if this is actually potentially going to be the new normal doesn't change the fact that I think the Packers needed one this year, but uh, just thought it was an interesting question. Thank you. Have a good one. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Congrats on the uh, the upcoming new baby. Here's why I love this question. It is true that last year we were we were told this is a historic receiver class, and yet by the time it was over, there were already people going, yeah, but Wait till you see next year's class. It is the case that this class in 2021 is also really, really, really good. There are a lot of really good Devontae Smith who could have been in the 2020 class. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Rondell Moore. Like there are so, Kadarius Tony. there are so many fun, exciting, scintillating players. Guess what? Everyone took one last year. Where are these guys going to go this year? Everyone has one. Everyone has one. The idea here, which I think is fascinating that, well, 
you don't have to rush because next year there's going to be another crop of good receivers who can play right away. I think that's probably true. Now, that that is not to say that Green Bay was was prudent to handle things the way that they did. But if you don't love the value, you can say, well, we can we can get a guy. We can get a guy. And Green Bay can get a guy in this class. They can get two guys, three guys in this class if they want to. There are, the receivers are more ready than ever to come in and play, even if most rookies are bad. Both of those things can be true at once. And so Green Bay, you know, look, they could, they could, you know, not just draft someone, but they could wait until the second, third, fourth round. And now that they know, you know, maybe not going to happen for EQ. Love the talent, but you know, we just haven't seen enough. He can no longer be counted on as a developmental guy. I think, I think we're, we're there with him. There's no reason to cut him, but no reason to count on him as someone who you can say, okay, we, we really like where this can go. At a certain point, you have to understand that you are what you put on tape. And we just haven't seen enough from him to rely on it moving forward. You can still say there's a lot of talent and there is a lot of talent. I, I will die on that hill with him. I want him in training camp. I want to, you know, there, there, people are like, cut him. Well, why? <laughs> For what? How does that benefit you? How does that benefit the team? Just makes you feel better to say cut him. It's that part is dumb, but he cannot he cannot affect any long term plans that you have. And Alan Lazard, love Alan Lazard. I think he's a really good player. He's got a specific skill set. MVS. He's got a specific skill set. You're still short a specific skill set. That run after catch kind of guy. Even EQ. Not he's not that guy either. You can get that guy. And you don't have to spend top draft capital to do it. And you can you can do it in the third round, fourth round. You know, I thought last year that Green Bay needed, they needed that premium guy. I was wrong about that. Especially in in a situation like that, where what you really need is you need that jet sweep, receiver screen, slants, um, and and someone who can create after the catch. You need that guy? Okay, well, that guy can be a gadget guy. You can you can find that guy on day three. If these classes are all going to be deep like this, that makes it a lot easier to go into a given draft and say, yeah, we can be patient. We can be patient because we know that there are a lot of talented guys in this class. Absolutely. And the senior bowl is going on right now. Absolutely no exception. There are a lot of guys to be excited about in this class, and we will get excited about all of them. All right, back next week. Back next week. Check, go check out Locked On today. We're going to give away more golf balls um, as we as we go on here. So be sure to uh, check out Locked On today. Go subscribe and rate it, et cetera, et cetera. If you haven't with Locked On Packers, do the same. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to be a part of a show like this one and hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.